0: The topic of today's podcast is one that may be considered sensitive to some listeners. Please take that into account before downloading and listening to this episode. Welcome to the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast, where we go beyond the doctor's office and take a closer look at the programs that Eskenazi Health has to offer our patients and the communities we serve. My name is Brian Van Bachman with the Eskenazi Health Public Affairs and Communications team. And we have back with us today, Dr. Deanna Reynoso. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: Uh, For those of you who may have checked out our previous episode with with her, uh, Dr. Reynoso is a pediatrician and the medical director of social determinants of health at Eskenazi Health. And she plays a a critical role and uh, helping our community ad- uh, improve their quality of life and address whatever needs they might have. We're going to jump into the diaper need program, but please a little refresher about your background and uh, your work here at Eskenazi, please.
1: Thank you. I am, as you said, a pediatrician and have been working with Eskenazi for the summer. It'll be twenty years. Wow! And work. Currently seeing patients at Eskenazi Health Center Picard, and spend the rest of my time working with the Eskenazi Health Social Determinants team.
0: And when you were back in here uh, last time, we had talked about the food as medicine program. So, uh, kind of a little bit in that same vein, we you know we know about lack of nutrition, a lack of uh, uh, transportation and housing, and all the financial strains that can have uh, an impact on an individual's life. But sometimes not people don't talk talk about is. Diapers, I and mean, those things are expensive, those little things. And uh, so how does, you know, how do diapers impact a, a family unit's quality of life?
1: So... Poverty in general really impacts families that have young children disproportionately. And why that is, you know, there's a lot of extra added expenses, and it's very difficult for employment and paying child care. So a lot of families struggle with uh, small children, and diapers are one of those needs that it's a basic need it has to be there but there's really no government assistance program for diapers and families often struggle finding access to having enough diapers for their children and don't really know where to go when that happens
0: i think part of it's it's one of those things you don't you don't realize it until you're in it's like oh this little baby needs four to five diapers a day is is their roll is they're rolling through and as they're growing up and then they change sizes and it's yeah it's, it can be a whole big mess um can you tell us about this new program uh, we're calling it the the diaper need program and uh how it's aimed uh, to help families have access to diapers and then of course why it's so important
1: so you know why it's important there's a lot of studies just for health for infants. And infants that don't have adequate diapers, it impacts their health, but it also impacts the whole family's health. So infants, if the family doesn't have adequate diapers to change them as often as needed, will have increased risk of urinary tract infections, increased risk of having diaper rashes. It really just knocks the wind out of parents not being able to provide basic needs for their children. And so there's studies that maternal depression is much higher when, financially, they're not able to afford things like diapers, because we all, when we become parents, there's a lot of wanting to be the perfect parent. And as a pediatrician, I'll let you know, uh, there is no such thing as a perfect parent. I tried to be a perfect parent, and I'm not. Uh, But there's certain things where it's basic needs, and families can feel very desperate. I have a story and uh, it still haunts me. And it's, um, let me see, it'd be 23 years ago, I was in the Riley ICU, and a little boy who was almost turning three came in with massive head trauma. And at the end of it, he ended up passing away. And as I was caring for him, as I was talking to his mom, he was not yet potty trained, they were really struggling to pay basic bills and didn't have diapers. And her then partner had have was having increasing frustration that he wouldn't potty train. And he ended up his skull was crushed mm. in the toilet seat over an accident. Now that story, I don't say to say that this is where diaper need is, but. That is one story that sticks with me of a family that was extremely strained. It's no excuse, but there was extreme strain of, I have to potty train my kid. And I have parents all the time. It's not that same dire, you know, obviously there were significant problems that ended in child abuse, but there's families that come in and tell me, I have to potty train him or her. And if you don't have the number of diapers that a daycare says of five or eight diapers to send to childcare with your, with your, with your child, you can't send your child that day. And if you don't have the diapers to change, you end up doing desperate things. So we have families that go to gas station and will get paper towels to put inside the diaper, to make that diaper last sometimes two days. Jeez. It makes them feel bad. Yeah, that's horrible. And so it's, a, it's almost like this secret suffering that people have. You know, there was a mom who was saying how embarrassed she was. She had two children in diapers. And a friend pointed out, why does the baby have the sister's pink pull-up on? And it was because that was the last couple diapers she had, and many people, because there aren't readily available resources, it's a point of shame as uh, as as a parent. It's like I can't even afford to get enough diapers so I can drop my kid off at daycare today. So that sort of goes into the need mm-hmm. of why we want to start screening and having a resource. So right now we find out sometimes that families don't have enough diapers, and it's very difficult to connect them to community-based organizations that have that resource, especially now that a lot of the food pantries don't have choice food pantry shopping. They can't just go through the car line and someone magically know that they have a two-month-old who wears size ones. So, um we are fortunate to have the Indiana diaper Bank, so the di- there's a national diaper bank, and then Indiana is fortunate to have a Indiana diaper bank and they work very hard to partner with organizations in Indiana and wonderfully, Eskenazi Health is now one of Indiana diaper Bank's partners. So uh, that partnership is going to help us move forward with this uh, diaper need program.
0: I want to backtrack to something that you just said when you talked about a a, a point of shame, and that's that's what I liked it. I, do you see something like this? I guess it becomes like this. It starts to snowball effect because if 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 you feel if you feel shame because you can't uh, you feel like you can't take care of your child, it would kind of I would think start this chain reaction of. Withdrawing Because you don't want people to think that you're in trouble, which then leads to isolation, which then leads to not going to the doctor for regular checkups. And just is is that, am I on the right unfortunate, tragic path here with this line of thinking? Or Yeah,
1: I think it's that so many of these things go together. So putting food on the table, buying diapers, being able to work, you have to have enough diapers. So things can start snowballing. As a parent, especially a single parent who has multiple, you know, they need to work, they need the child care, and they need to provide all these um, basic needs for their children, it really can start snowballing. I had a mom whose uh, husband died while she was pregnant. And she came in and she had severe postpartum depression and told me she was staying up, not sleeping, thinking that maybe it would be better if she took her own life and that her kids would be better off without her. And really what it was is she was having grief of lo- of losing her husband. And then she was grieving the fact that, that was her husband's was the only income they had. So now she's on maternity leave and she can't afford food and she can't afford diapers. She can't care for her kids. And so things start snowballing on top of individuals if a life circumstances like the loss of their only family income uh, goes on to cause other things that they are unable to pull together. And uh, you know, she didn't have child care. Uh, I hate to tell sad stories, uh, but it's, this it's one actually, totally understandable. Yeah, this one ends, I recently saw her, the baby's like a year and a half oh, now. Oh, fantastic. And she, it was the first time since the baby was born and I had met her, she was beaming. And she was telling me how she, it was her first week she had gotten a CCDF for assistance with child care. She had her own place, um, things she was working, and you know you do need to be able to have some of these basic needs met in order to thrive yeah. as a parent and for your kids to thrive. So, um, it's uh, a very important topic because I think no one thinks about it unless if you have kids and diapers, and the resources for this need. The Indiana Diaper Bank on their website has that one in three Indiana infants actually has diaper need.
0: Really? unmet <laughs> Diaper many? need. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: And that is because of the difference in which families have more struggles with poverty. And so disproportionately, young children are much more likely to be in poverty than any other demographic. And so um, it's a huge need. And I can't wait to talk more about what we have going on to meet this need. <laughs> so so let's get in.
0: So how does the program work? What, are, what do we, how does someone access
1: it? Um,
0: all of that. So
1: um, part of knowing about a need is that we need to decrease the stigma and screen for it. So we are in the process of having a screening question that will go out in primary care to all patients that are under age three. And basically, it will be asking whether or not you have enough diapers to change your child as often as you feel they need to be changed. And for those that screen positive, we've partnered with the Indiana Diaper Bank, and we will have diapers on site for the different sizes that when we discover the need, that we'll be able to provide a pack of diapers to that family. Now, we know one pack of diapers doesn't fix everything, but with continued and growth of the program and referring back out to other community partners, we hope that one, we can reassure people that they're not alone in this and that this is a common problem and that we can meet the need for that time when they come to the appointment and better figure out what are the other supports that can help them so they can afford diapers. You know, do we need to help the uh, parent with employment, with child care, with food, um, with uh, housing, (laughs) all those other things, if you're stable, you're much more likely to be able to pay. They say it's about $80 a month uh, to diaper your infant. And for a lot of families that have a very tight budget, that is a big portion of what they need for other things. I would say $80 a month almost sounds low that you would need.
0: I But I, it's been so long since so I've had to buy diapers. I don't know.
1: To me, it seems very low as well. But we know that when there's financial strain, people do stretch their diapers and do not change them as often as what they probably need to be changed. So I don't know that figure also seems low to me but um you know I think that it's sort of a minimum amount of what you would need if you were just keeping your kid dry and safe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I know we all we 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 want to do everything for our kids and I I can't I can't imagine the idea of having to even make a choice on a week, week to week. Am I, am I buying, am I paying the light bill or am I buying diapers this week? Am I, 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 I just, my heart goes out to people who are in those situations. I'm so glad that we have uh, people like you and and anyone else across the country or the state who are, you know, taking these things head, head on. So how does someone, does this work kind of like a, prescription for diaper thing? Like how does, how, how how does the process work?
1: So we're setting it up with the screening, which I do think we will probably be the first major health system that routinely screens as part of like a universal screening for diaper need, which is very cool. And then, uh, with that, our social work team at each of the primary care sites is then working so that anybody who's being seen in the system who has a positive screen on diaper need, that they're able to access the diapers right then and there and give them a pack before they go. So with their after-visit summary, a pack of diapers. With those diapers, there's a QR code where the family can scan and do a survey. Um, uh, with that, for people who have diaper need, so this isn't 57% of everybody, but of the surveys that are being done with the Indiana Diaper Bank, 57% said that there was at least a day or a time that they couldn't go to school or work because they didn't have enough diapers for what's mandated for child care. So that further snowballs. So uh, making sure that we help meet that need is important, and then we're collecting data. We're considering this as a pilot program we only have a certain amount of funds that were initially donated up front for this. But what we're hoping is that we'll be able to really get uh, an idea of what is the need within our system. And, what would it take to financially sustain being able to better meet that need? So uh, I am excited to get it started, and we are well on our way. One of the lead social workers who's leading the program is Lindsay Matters, and her garage is currently full of diapers (laughs) um, because we're finishing the build within Epic to document for our inventory at each of the sites. And it's very important that we collect data to really see what the need is because this isn't typically asked, there really isn't a great idea of what it will be within our system of families who really are struggling with this until we ask. So once that question is being asked at all the appointments up till age three, um, we'll have a better idea. And then our next step will be making sure that we can sustain with this partnership with the Indiana Diaper Bank, that we are part of the solution of helping meet that need.
0: Uh, Is this something that people can donate diapers towards or is this uh, financial – Financial-driven, and then the diaper bank goes out and buys diapers?
1: Both. Okay. So um, we would love people. Uh, um, we have been getting diaper donations even before our partnership with the Indiana Diaper Bank, but uh, directly donating either funds or diapers to the Indiana Diaper Bank um, for the Eskenazi program or also um, – Uh, with the Eskenazi Foundation, we would be very pleased to have donations. Um, And down the road, as we see this move forward, you know, having diaper drives as part of what our health systems are bringing awareness, but also being able to collect and sustain the program so that we can get diapers to those who are in need. Also, you know, at some point, uh, things like snap, uh, obviously is for nutrition. Uh, but thinking through why is it that diapers are excluded? This is a basic need mm-hmm. and why families with young children are disproportionately impacted because they can't use that money on things like diapers. And why couldn't that be changed? So, uh, also thinking through how we can change some of the, support systems and uh, you know federal programs, state programs of thinking a little bit differently about something that truly is a basic need.
0: So if someone is uh, has a bunch of diapers they would like to donate, is there is there a place they can take them to? what would be what would be the best way to go about transferring them?
1: So you can look online for the address of the Indiana Diaper Bank. It's right on the north side of, of town. Mm-hmm. And that would be one location. Um, we also accept uh, diaper donations at our individual community health centers. Um, so for a, a, quite some time, there's many individuals who probably will hear this, who know that they have maybe single-handedly supported the Eskenazi Health Center Picard diaper program. I like it. Uh, Dr. Chris Callahan is one of our uh, physicians and leaders. And I can't say the number of times his wife uh, brought a big box of diapers. Diapers to us during the pandemic and it was um uh, it's it's very sad um to see families struggling it's very sad for me as a pediatrician to prescribe a diaper cream and I know that really it's because they don't have enough diapers to be changing them and feeling like we don't have that resource so I encourage I think if all of us when we shop at, I probably shouldn't say a store name but any store you pick up a box and want, drop it off yeah yes uh and then um if they're dropped off at the Indiana Diaper Bank they do repackage them into more consistent bundle sizes um so any of those and if if you want to make a cash donation i would say a $20 donation <laughs> or a $20,000 donation to the foundation um really would go a long way uh, for helping this program move forward. I, um, I'm i dedicated that when we see the need, that we need to make sure that we don't screen, see a need, and then not figure out how to sustain that we are moving forward as a community to make sure that parents that have small children um, are able to get those diapers. There is a whole nother arena of adults with continent care need that sometimes undermet, um, you know, older children that continue to have needs, but uh often we can get those covered by insurance. It's the Younger kids, who it's just an expected, you have to diaper them until they're toilet trained, um is the demographic that really is uh, an unmet need. And, um you know, there's a ICD-10 code for uh, toilet training refusal. And for anybody who's – I think pretty much all kids get squirrely mm-hmm. at the time when you're trying to toilet train them. It's like – your practice for parenting patients. But, uh, you know, uh, adding this added layer of strain on families, I really look forward to see what our health system can do and appreciate being on the podcast today because I think uh, there's many of us who uh, coming together, we can make sure that this is a successful initiative and project and that 10 years from now we're in a different place and parents have a different. Level of support uh, for this need,
0: and I think another thing we can take away from these conversations is, if you need help, ask. It, it's okay to ask. There's no, there's no shame. This stuff is hard, <laughs> and even for people who are well, this is this is hard. And for anyone listening, you know, you look down at your child and think about the possibility of what would you think if you were in a situation where you needed help. Please donate, and then also. Don't be afraid to ask for help. there were, and you know, that's that's people are there to help you. and I, I think it's uh, we I, I think maybe that's in a way, one of the stigmas we need to work on is the stigma against asking for help. It's okay. That's what people are there for. So is there anything we haven't touched on this uh, on this topic yet?
1: No, I think that that's um, really uh, appreciate this opportunity. And as you say, really, the stigma of it think everyone would go to their pediatrician for a diaper rash but not very many people think that it's okay to say that I really don't have diapers mm-hmm. and so we need to change that in the way that we ask questions and reassure families that they're not alone if this was one person in our city that couldn't afford diapers it's not. It's yeah. a lot of people who can't afford diapers. And so decreasing the shame and the stigma of it is a big step, as you said. So I'm glad that we're talking about this. I'm super excited about the program uh, and look forward to maybe coming back in a couple of years and letting you know how it's going and what we've found in this process.
0: Well, let's go ahead and pencil it in for 2024, <laughs> and we'll be back to talk about it. I'll be here. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, it's available at any Eskenazi Health Center location. Um, whether it be ask, you know, discuss it with your provider, and then of course the Indiana Diaper Bank. Uh, for can people go to the diaper bank to get diapers or?
1: Um, mostly, it's an organization that works with partner organizations. Okay. So during the pandemic, they, you know, were more involved maybe with the um, dispensing of mm-hmm. the diapers, uh, but really they're an organization that are procuring and supporting other organizations to uh, um, meet this need in the community. So
0: talk to your doctor, your healthcare provider. I, I don't want them to st- suddenly get bombarded with people they're like we don't but have
1: anything. Here. You can on their website. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. You can uh, there's a button to click to donate, and that I want to help or that I need diapers. Okay. Um, and so you can actually access resources through the Indiana Diaper Bank. They are an amazing organization and um, uh, we're fortunate to have them here in Indiana.
0: Dr. Reynoso, uh, always a pleasure to have you in. I look forward to having more chats with you uh, about anything and everything that we have going on. Thanks a lot to uh, Joe and Rachel for taking care of things and thanks a lot for for joining us. Of course, you can find information on this program at eskenazihealth.edu. That's our website. You can also follow us on all of our social media channels and we will talk to you next time on the next episode episode of the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast. To hear all of our previous episodes, please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud by searching Eskenazi Health.